Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buputo. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. We have an amazing guest. We do. It's Carlos King, who I've never had the pleasure of working with. He did work on the first two seasons of Jersey. And he is the king of reality. He is. He has the Midas touch, as they call it, in reality television. He built up Atlanta Housewives to being the number one franchise when he was there. He did. He has very successful shows on the OWN network. I know. He is really, and he's caused a little bit of a shitstorm that I'm going to discuss on the internet. which With one of your cast members. With one of my cast members. No, with two of my cast members, actually. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, two. We're going to hash that out. Nothing, you know, in a funny way. And because I, I just adore him and I love his opinions and he's not afraid to voice them. And I think that, but I have a lot of serious questions because he's had an illustrious career and he yes. has four shows now on the own network. Yeah. He has had a great career. Yes. And I think reality TV is something that is often misconstrued. Yes. I think everybody sees a piece of themselves in a reality series. And that's why they relate to certain people on a reality show they see a part of their life or how they would feel if something happened to them. Hence, you know, when last year when I had discussed Jennifer's affair, not her affair, Bill's affair, everybody was like, how could you do that? You know, because they felt it ha- if that would happen to them personally. Yes. Because uh, hypocrisy yeah. also comes after you on a reality series. It's a mirror. A reality yes. show is Good. a mirror. Good, Lexi, I like that. It's and a mirror. you are a very self-aware and self-reflective person. So when you do things on television, you're actually doing them in real life and you look at everything you do and you're able to accept the things you've done and take responsibility for them, move on, whatever you need to do. But I think other people, when they go on reality TV and see themselves in the mirror, they act like total assholes, petulant children, tantrum brats because yeah, some, they're not self-reflective. Makes, yeah, they're not self Which makes sense. But it also makes for good TV. Amazing TV. Listen, I hope these people continue to behave like this because I happen to thoroughly enjoy watching yes, them. Yes, I think it makes for good TV. I think it's very hard to look at yourself in the mirror and admit your mistakes. I think everybody's human. I think people make mistakes. I think the fans of these shows want everybody to be held accountable. I don't like this, you know, 
not forgiving and this no. person should be let go and everybody's held to such a harsh standard. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Well, I it think actually, everyone's human. It beats the object of reality TV. Like if you watch the Kardashians as they've grown through all their seasons, you know, you see like the personal growth and the evolution of them as people and on Housewives, you know, you see like the, the arc of Housewives lives, their ups and their downs. But the one thing is the reason we keep watching is to see them grow. If we cancel everyone as soon as they make a mistake and crucify them on a stake, then you don't get to see anyone's growth. And that's what's so interesting about yeah, these shows. Yeah, and people change and everything else. Now, what I would like to change is I'd like to see my husband's growth of him using <laughs> hair products. <laughs> if you were just here in this house with us, you would just have seen Margaret go totally postal as Joe walked in with bangs. It, it's his a great haircut. He does. His hairdresser, Albert Julian, I just want to call him out, who I love so much, who's done Joe's hair for years, moved from New Jersey all the way to Boston and Cape Cod. He mm-hmm. drives down, sleeps over, does Joe's hair, d- comes to the reunion, does everything. Joe gets a haircut He's by real someone. fancy. He's real fancy. But if it's not styled correctly, it could fall into bangs because Joe probably overconditions his hair. And it is not a good look. No. And I said to Joe, have you no vanity? Have you no pride in your appearance? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't look good every day. I'm not going to say that I look amazing, I, that I don't look like crap when I'm in the house, that I don't look like I've been picking potatoes all day, but that's in the home. Yeah. Joe is running the streets like this. With the bangs. With the bangs. It, for lack of a better word, makes my vagina dry up. Oof. That, I, it is not Not sexual. the dry puss. It is not a good look. And I'm just saying it out there. Just... So if anybody sees Joe in the streets running around the bangs, I want you to comment to him and just say, it's not a good look, Joe. And, you know, I would say to you, like, maybe do something like, I don't know, let your bush grow out if that repulses Joe. I don't know. I don't know what repulses repulses, Not a lot repulses Joe. That's the problem. Because he's a plumber. Because he's a plumber. He's seen it all. There's nothing that's too disgusting for Joe Benigno. Wow. But then I don't even know how to I maybe peanut butter. Listen. He doesn't like if I eat peanut butter. Oh, so you cover your puss in peanut butter? <laughs> That's what I'm going to have to do. You know? Oh, my God. Cover I don't even my know. my puss in peanut butter. Listeners, if you have any suggestions on how to tame Joe Benigno's wild bangs and get him on the bandwagon, yes, the bang wagon. The bang wagon. The only way I could tame those bangs is when we go out at night to dinner or to an affair. I... Refuse to leave the house and he lets me put product in his hair. I'm going to be honest. He's really misbehaving when you've been getting ready and you've screamed, get some grease in Joe's hair. Yes. It's not, it's just not a good look. So I wish Joe had a little more vanity. And do you think that being on reality TV, you did look more at appearances? You know, I went on at a puffy time in my life. I was (laughs) very stressed out. I was about, I didn't hit menopause at that point. I was still menstrual. I'm not going to lie. I was still bleeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who want to know, but I was, I was at a stressed out point in my life. You know, I was going through a bad loss that I had stuff going on. You know, my appearance was the least of my headaches at that point, but I already had had my eyes done at the age of 42 for the first time Yeah, because I had gotten a lot of sun. Really, I had a brow lift and my eyes done. Yeah. So listen, in the real world, I was a cute girl with pigtails, you know, yeah. a chubby little face pigtails. Yeah. But you go on TV, you look 10 pounds fatter. Everything's in high definition. And I think you do start getting a glow up. That's the funny thing. Reality TV, I'll tell you, the drama is real, but the hat is not. Exactly. But let's let's talk to the king of reality. Yeah, let's get him in. Come on. You live in Atlanta? 
I live in Atlanta, girl. You know, we love Ooh. we love Atlanta. Love we call Atlanta. it Hot Atlanta. Because Lexi and I used to do trade shows all the time. And we judge a city by its food. And Atlanta has amazing food. Well, you know. I can't believe we've never worked together. Well, we'll see what happens, Captain. I know. Ooh, that would be good. If you came back to the jurors, that would be crazy. I've been dying to have you on. Besides the fact I was just saying I never had the pleasure of getting to work with you on Jersey. You have done so many things. You're a legend. You you have your own production company, King Rain Productions, which I, I adore. And you have four shows now, I counted, currently on own. Yeah. You have show yes. right? And one of them is your own yes, late night talk show. Yes, it's crazy. The nightcap with Carlos King. So, yes. I mean, there's so much to unwind because you are young. You've had so much success. So, I, you know, because this is about entrepreneurship. And, of course, we're going to gossip and stuff like that. But I, It'd I, be I want, rude not to. Yeah, be, I want to unravel all of this because I, I'm sure you pinch yourself sometimes in the mirror or no. All the time. Look, it's such a blessing to be able to do what you love. And it's such a blessing to know that we get to wake up every day and follow our passions, make money doing it and doing it with such gratefulness. And like you said, I am someone who got my start in reality television in 2008, doing Atlanta Housewives first, New Jersey second. Yes. And it's just been a roller coaster ride since then. I, I know. What attracted you to reality TV? Like what got you into reality? Great question. So I was a little gay boy from Detroit, Michigan. My mother was a housewife. I am one of 10 siblings. Ooh. Yes, I'm the middle child of Tim, number five. And my mom was a real housewife in Detroit. So <laughs> I grew up being around my mom. I'm a mama's boy. I like love I grew it. up just being around her, admiring her eavesdropping on her gossip conversation with her girlfriends. Like, ooh, girl, what are you guys talking about? And my mother's like, if you don't go outside play basketball with your brothers, and I'm like, you'll know in a few years why I won't do that. So <laughs> fast, forward, <laughs> fast forward to I left Detroit, moved to New York City, and just started interning. And one of my internships was at The View. Ooh. Imagine me ha having an internship with these boss ladies and it was the introduction in terms of like, I just love conversing with women. I love seeing women talk. I love seeing women have spirited debates and being able to have a cocktail afterwards. I was, that's my education. So I was in television interning. I was interning at BET, got a job there as a production assistant. I was obsessed with this show called The Hills. Yes. Yeah which was a spinoff of Laguna Beach starring Lauren Conrad. And imagine being at BET, 99% Black people who are working there. And I would turn on all the televisions on our floor to watch The Hills. Everybody was like, this is actually interesting. So because I am somebody who believes your words have power, a woman who was working at BET at the time got an opportunity to be in Atlanta working on this new reality show called Ladies of Hot Atlanta. And she said to me, we all know you love the hills. Would you be interested in doing reality TV? And I was like, wait, I live in New York City. 
I have an apartment in Brooklyn. You know, like, yes, we're yeah. in fucking New York City. Like, call me Carrie Blackshaw. Yeah. Not Bradshaw, <laughs> but Blackshaw. So, because I was on my Carrie Bradshaw. And I was like, I don't know, Atlanta? I don't know. Long story short, I prayed on it. And little did I know that show was going to be called The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, wow. That was, I remember watching yeah. it. it. I mean, wow, did that transform? And were you like, oh my God, I know this is going to be a hit. Yes, I knew the first week of filming. As you know, Margaret, I was an associate producer. So when you are an associate producer, you're assigned housewives. So I was responsible for NeNe Leaks and Sean Snow season one. And NeNe and I met on my first day of filming. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's a big star. She's going to be huge. And five days later is when Sheree had her birthday party and Nini was not on the guest list to come in. And all hell broke loose. Yes, I'm Ooh. sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. I wouldn't that, want to be the AP on that. Like, reality at its finest. And this is what was so interesting. So, mind you, ladies, this is 2008. Reality television at that point was The Hills or Flavor of Love. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, I know. It was, Flavor of Flav, I watched that, yeah, too. Me, I mean, too. I yeah, it wasn't... It wasn't a docu-follow about these elite women in society. So here I am like, no, Nini's a, a, a cast member. You see these cameras following her, like, let her in. And in that moment is when I knew the power of producing. And as a producer, you have to let the reality happen. You cannot interfere in the moment, right? Yeah. And my Fifth day working, my first foray into reality television is when I knew, oh, baby, you let NeNe Leaks do what NeNe Leaks is going to do, honey. And you make sure the cameras are following every moment. See, I think that's a common misconception, Carlos. And correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of fans who watch shows like, oh, production made them do that. Or they that was orchestrated. And I'm like... No, that's that's not what happened. Because when I went on the show, I also thought I was like, this can't be real. You know, I was, you know, I had a rude awakening. My my first, you know, filming foray into it, you know, with that cake throwing and in Boca. I was like, these bitches are crazy. But it, but it's true. It's like production does not interfere that way. It's the reason why the unbelievableness happens, and when you see. The cameras are like shaking because they're trying to like follow the action. One of my favorite moments on New Jersey, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not the two seasons I did. These are maybe two or three seasons ago is when Melissa was told by Danielle, like, no, like, Teresa told me to like pull, yes, pull- Margaret's hair, yes, right? Yes. And you guys are at like the backyard barbecue and you guys have wrist solo cups. And Teresa breaks the fourth wall, gives the gives the camera guy the finger yes. to let producers know. And Lucilla, right, Margaret? Like, yes. fuck you. Y'all got me fucked up. And you just saw, like, the reality happen. You pushing the guy in the pool. It's, 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 it's the reason why I always tell people Jersey is so fantastic because you can't script that shit in Jersey. No. And mm-hmm. and I say that all the time. People are like, oh, production made you do that. What do you say to people when they're like, I got a bad edit? Yeah. I always say, if, you look, uh. if you're an asshole, you look like an asshole, right? I mean, listen, certain things get edited out that I don't want there. But 
I don't blame things on the edit. That's no. not my thing. And and some some of my cast does. I'm not going to mention who it is. And a lot of cast members do that on different shows. I happen to love our production team. I think producers are amazing. You spend most of your time with them half naked. So what do you say <laughs> about people who are like, oh, I, it's a bad edit. It's this. So they blame it on the edit. They're lazy. It's the, it's the, it's the laziest trick in the book. We are the only profession where you blame other people for your actions. Imagine working at Apple and telling Tim Cook, yes, so-and-so made me do that. Or like, no, that wasn't me on a Zoom. That was a doppelganger. You know, and I, I don't want to sound crass, but it's stupid. It's, it's the dumbest, the laziest, and the oldest trick in the book. No one believes you when you do it. So I still get that from cast members on my shows, and I just laugh at them. Because the audience is smarter and savvier to understand, like, they cannot edit you to say anything. It's ridiculous to think that. They cannot edit you to behave in a certain way. Now, look, one thing I would say to them, okay, did we... One of my cast members, one of my shows said to me, well, this person was telling a story about their lives and you guys pan a shot to me smiling. I wasn't smiling at that moment. Okay, fine. Like, if if that is, like, the, the biggest issue you have, then we're doing something right. Like, who cares? Okay, we pan to a shot of you smiling at someone telling a serious story. Whatever. But women or men who blame editing, I always say to people, you are not going to last on reality TV long. And that's why a lot of them either get fired or they get fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, people always say to me, sometimes people say to me, March, you know, you're much nice in real life. I go, I don't even think I come across that beat on TV. No. I-, I was just like, no, I'm snarky. I'm I'm sarcastic, but I feel like it's the real me. I'm not sarcastic 24 hours a day. It just happened to catch me when I am sarcastic on TV. First of all, let me just say Thank this. Thank you. For someone I never work with, you are a fantastic addition to the show. Thank you. I've said this publicly. I've heard I, it and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I love the entire cast. And one thing that I think we all love about you is the fact that what you see is what you get. And as somebody who's worked with Teresa and who's close friends with her, I know that Teresa respects a cast member who shows up to work. Exactly. (laughs) I agree. And that's why I think Teresa and I coexist beautifully. We argue, we make up, we have our issues. And I think sometimes it breaks out into into real thing. Because, I mean, we do have a history now. I've been on the show long enough. But we both respect each other. And and I think it it shows. shows. And it it definitely shows. I do want to say, Hey, you you caused a shitstorm mm. in the internet when you went on Heather McDonald. Everybody was talking about. I'm going to address it for one second because there's so many more important questions I have That's to. Dumb, I know Margaret. with the with the comment, which I can't believe we're still talking about it. With the Melissa coming on behind Teresa's back, I've talked about it at length. You know, between the two of them, trying to say who gives a shit. You know, I tried to talk to Teresa about it. I've spoken to Melissa about it. What I've spoken to Melissa about is that. She's like, this is not behind someone's back. Production had reached out to her on Facebook. She said she was going to interview. Teresa had called her up and found out prior, you know, and said, did they reach out to you? She said, yes, they did. I'm inter- Joe and I are interviewing next week. 
Teresa knew they were interviewing. She said, good luck in a sarcastic way. And then, but Melissa and Joe didn't say we got it, but that, you know, she said, of course they got it because they were family members. And that Teresa knew going into the christening that she was filming, obviously, that scene. Does that sound accurate? Well, I'll say this because, and and I want to say this publicly, that I truly don't have any issues with Melissa and Joe. I don't know Melissa and Joe. I don't have a relationship with them. And because I am friends with Teresa doesn't mean that I am going to, like, I'm not that person. No, I know. I I want to make sure people know that. So on the Heather McDonald podcast, I was really just, (laughs) (laughs) of course, my mouth gets me in trouble. You can relate to that, Margaret. Yes. Oh, Um, oh my God. I get it. Right. I'm just asking, listen. Margaret, if you would have told me that shit would have went viral and caused a oh, stir. Oh, my God. Ooh. All over. And then people like, I see, Margaret, like- I mean, crazy. People are commenting. And I was like, oh, my God, if I'm having Carlos, I'm going to mention that that one Please, thing. Please, absolutely. I mean, I'm doing an appearance with Teresa this weekend, and this won't air till after that. But, you know, I know it's going to come up in the audience. And I'm going to have to say is just like, you knew they were interviewing. She might have not known that she got it, but she knew they interviewed. And I think that's where the confusion comes in. I'm going to say what I was told and what, honestly, my truth is. And I just want the world to know, like, I, this is not Carlos trying to go against the girls because I don't, I don't know them. Okay. So what I can say is the truth that I know it to be is I produced the first two seasons of New Jersey. Yes. Just like I said, I was assigned any leagues on Atlanta. I was assigned Teresa on New Jersey. Yes. Okay. She and I talked every day. And I know she adores you. Yes. Yes. And I love her. You're such a history. I, yeah, we have a history. And I always kept in touch with her. So when I left after season two, I was in Chicago working on a Oprah Winfrey project. And I couldn't come back to season three. During that time, Teresa and I kept in touch. I remember on a Sunday, this is, my memory's crazy. I remember on a Sunday, I'm in Chicago, it's my day off, and I'm like shopping for like groceries. And Teresa calls me frantically. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? And she revealed to me in that moment, oh my gosh, I just found out that my brother and sister are going to be on the show. And I was like, Wait, Melissa and, and Joe? Because again, I, of course, knew of them because of yes, my closeness yes. with Teresa. She goes, yes. This was, I, I wasn't in this world anymore. And I I'm like, wait, wait, what do you mean? You just found out. She said, I just got a call confirming that they're going to be on the show. And she was losing her mind. And she really didn't want to continue on with the show because she saw what Dina and Caroline and, and Jacqueline were going through in the Manzo household. Mm-hmm. And she did not want any of that. She was nervous. She was freaking out. And she really was reconsidering whether or not she would continue on with the show. And I sort of talked her off the ledge like, hey. Because she said the first day of filming is going to be her nephew's christening. And I just remember talking her down saying, you should go. And listen, she never told me in that conversation that she knew they were interviewed. Like, that that never came up. What I got from her was the discovery that her family were going to be on the show. And listen, I will say this. This relationship with her brother 
I never knew was strained at that point. Yes. I knew that her and her sister-in-law, like most sisters-in-law, I never thought that was a big deal. I just thought like, okay, a lot of sister-in-laws don't get along. But Melissa was at Adriana's christening that we shot season two. And that's how I was able to see Melissa and have quick exchanges with Melissa. But it was never to the point where they weren't on speaking terms. So all of that was new to me in terms of when I found out after season three. So again, I'm only basing off of my conversation with Teresa. And based upon that, she truly was blindsided in the sense of she had no idea they were doing the show. Now, look, I just heard you say this audition thing. I never heard that story. Yes, yes. But that's like me. that's the that's what I knew. I think she knew they were auditioning. What what I heard. She knew they were auditioning. I think she didn't know right away that they were picked. And then she knew prior to going, you know what I mean? And then she found out they were chosen. I don't think they told her they were chosen, but they she did know they were auditioning. Are you saying that? the Gorgas allegedly said that they told Teresa that they were auditioning. They spoke about it. They didn't, they didn't call her. It wasn't a formal phone call. They, they were contacted during Facebook production called Teresa and said, we're interviewing your brother and sister-in-law. Teresa called them. They said, yes, we're, we're interviewing. We're contacted via Facebook. And then it, it escalated, I guess, from there. I think Teresa was upset that they were interviewing and then they got the position. But listen, it, you know, it's so long ago. I just feel like, I guess Italians are big grudge holders. I happen not yeah. to be a grudge holder. <laughs> I happen not to be Italian. My husband's like, I am not a grudge holder. You are the least grudge holder. I am the least that. grudge holder. I've had, you know, my hair pulled. Teresa, you know, dumped a whole table on me last year. Mm-hmm. I, I get over things. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. You're I think such a good sport. Mark. I'm a good sport. And that's sometimes a, to your detriment. Yeah, sometimes to my detriment. I'm like, get that bitch out of here. I am done. I never want to see her face again. I'm all just like, let's give her another chance. Yeah, I'm very big with <laughs> second chances, sometimes third chances. I mean, everybody's not. I think that's why it was so crazy. I'm like that we're still talking about this years mm-hmm. later and the internet went such a buzz. I was like, all right, I got to talk about it. How did you even get connected with Oprah? I mean, you did say you left and went to Chicago after season two on Jersey to work with Oprah. Is that how that happened? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you re- know a guy named Lynette Rolov? Lynette was the showrunner of season two of New Jersey Housewives. He got offered this opportunity to be in Chicago for a year filming behind the scenes of Oprah's last season. And he elected me to join the team as one of the producers. So I was in Chicago for a year. Talk about the best fucking job in the world when you pinch yourself. Like, girls, I got paid to, like, follow Oprah around. I know, her and her last season. I mean, I know, you get chills real, I mean from I just that. die from that. I mean, Oprah. So I was able to cultivate a relationship with Miss Winfrey and her team of producers at Harper Productions. So when she launched this behind-the-scenes show we were producing together was the launching pad to her network, one of the shows to launch the network. And because I started my production company years later, the executive said, don't forget about us, pitch us stuff. And I've always kept in touch with them. And I pitched this show about a group of couples in Huntsville, Alabama. Yes. Love and they marriage. said, oh, Love and Marriage Huntsville. And they said, this is something we think could work for our network. Because at the time, 
they weren't doing docu-series in terms of reality television. So it was the first docu-series of an ensemble show that they took a chance on. And the rest is history. It's the first franchise for the Oprah Winfrey Network. We have Love and Marriage DC, starring former Potomac Housewives Monique Samuels. And the goal is to continue on with that effort. We got Bell Collective. I know. Now, I want to talk about Bell Collective because Aikisha Cologne, who I'm friendly with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she was maybe going to be a housewife, but she was having her child at the time. And she was pregnant. She was delivering right when we were going to go into production. So it didn't work out. But I thought she would have been great on Jersey oh, yeah. as well. Oh, my gosh. Aikisha. So she is such a doll. And she's great. So Bell Collective is about a group of Black female entrepreneurs in Jackson, Mississippi. Aikisha Cologne was someone who came in season two, set this shit on fire. She was like, I was meant for this. The network's really proud of it. Aikisha says she's responsible for the ratings increasing. And I, love <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I love it. She's, but no, she's great. Yeah, she's you're great. filming now, right? You're in production right now on that, right? Yes, we I are. know. I texted with her because I did. She goes, <laughs> she goes, I'm coming home for the holidays. She's so fun. Yes, yes, we're filming now. That's very impressive. And then, and you have time to do your late night show? Yeah, so the Nightcap with Carlos King is a 30 minute talk show where I bring on the reality stars from the shows on the Oprah Winfrey Network and my friends in reality television. It's an opportunity just for me to talk to my girls and just have fun. And it's silly. It's funny. It's comedy. So whenever you two are in Atlanta, I would love to invite you guys on. Oh, we would love to come. We we haven't been in Atlanta in a while, but I want to go back because I'm telling you, we would spend... A good four weeks a year in Atlanta. At least. At least. Well, here's your special invitation whenever you're in. Thank you. I would love that. So let me ask you, what do you see in people that's a good reality star? Mm -hmm. Good question. I know a star within 30 seconds. I think the biggest misconception is a lot of people think you got to have this big, boisterous personality and be like loud and crazy. And, And you don't. The reason why Jersey Housewives, for example... You guys are like, do you know this, Margaret? Like the second highest rated franchise now. Yes, I know. I'm very, I I take, I'm very proud of our franchise. I know. I get very excited. No, me and my boyfriend, and it's funny because he, because he's a supporter. He was watching the first two seasons because I was a part of it and they just stopped watching. And of course, I would watch all the seasons. And he started watching Jersey around like season, what was the season Siggy was on? Was that eight or nine? Seven. Mm Seven, she came on seven. And then you I came, came on, on eight. eight and I ended her. Ended her in eight. Soggy ended flicker. Eight. So he, I ended her in eight. I can't stand you. You're so funny. <laughs> okay. so he started watching because he was there for the Siggy thing and he was like, this is interesting. So he started watching since season eight and he's glued every Tuesday to this. He fucking loves, loves, loves Jersey. And I always tell people the reason why Jersey, because Jersey started hot then it became lukewarm and now it's hot again. And I said to him, it's because they finally got the casting right. And look, like everybody plays their position. I want your listeners to visually see that to be a good reality star, you can't have a show with five Teresas, five mm-hmm. Jennifer Aidens, five Margarets. So when people say, I'm just going to say it, why is Dolores on the show. You need somebody calm. <laughs> you need the voice of reason. 
you just need somebody where it makes sense. So when I look for a reality star, I don't look for the loud person in the room. I look for the star factor. What's your position in life? What do you represent? What's your opinion? Are you able to get on TV and be your authentic self? What do you have going on in your personal life that a massive audience would be interested in? Like that to me, oh my gosh, Jackie, I love you too. I forgot to mention Jackie. I'm That's sorry. okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay. 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 But we have her. I just feel like everybody needs to understand that what makes a great reality star is a person who is vulnerable and open to showing you their reality. And last but not least, you gotta have a motherfucking opinion yes. and address it. I agree. Yes. I agree. Even if, you know, even if everybody doesn't agree with you, you have to stick to it. I hate wishy-washy. Nothing annoys me more than wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. I can't stand no. it. Make a fucking decision. Have an opinion. People drive me absolutely crazy. I think you know it's that. funny as well because people want to go on reality t- television and they try and deliver what they think makes a good reality star and nothing will end you quicker than that. I know. You're so right, Lexi. And this is what's so funny. I'm going to ask you a question, Margaret. Because, and this is no shade. No. One thing about Jersey, baby, if you audition to be a housewife, it's hard for you to make the cut. It is. Because there's a lot of women who I've seen come in, maybe a friend, maybe a potential housewife, and then all of a sudden you see them at a reunion via pictures, and then you don't see them in a three-part reunion. And you're like, wait, did y'all like cut her out? So my question to you is this. As a Jersey fanatic, and I'm not being shady, I forgot her name, but her husband's Tiki Barber. Tracy. Tracy, not everybody's meant to be a reality star. And Tracy is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. She seems like a sweet woman. Amazing. She is. And she had a strong opinion. I don't think, and she did. She stuck to her Mm -hmm. opinions. I don't think it translated on screen. You know, when I, I don't know if she's, and she had good conviction, but I don't know if it was oomph with conviction. You know what I mean? Because you know, because Margaret, you're such, of that now yes. that I'm pretty sure when you're in a scene, let's have girl talk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Margaret, when you're in a scene, I'm sure that you now understand, let's see this bitch bring it. Like, let's, let's, like, do you know whether or not someone's going to make it based on you being in, in a scene with them now? Yes, I do. I feel like I do know if they're going to make it, but I feel like certain people have a strong conviction. I thought her and Tiki were a great package. We're very good friends. We've made great friendship with them. I still eat dinner with them. I almost feel like she was too nice. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? She didn't, you know, she's, she's a beautiful home life. She's a good person. She was. She's a vanilla cupcake that needed maybe sharper fangs in this group. But I also think in defense of any housewife in their first season, it is the hardest thing in the world. Listen, if you come in guns are blazing, you're too much. If you don't, you're not enough. How fast did I get housewives? You were so. I was very lucky. I didn't have to audition again. I did it. They looked at me at season six. I think they were desperate to get a housewife in season eight. It was the year Danielle Staub was coming back as a friend. They called up, would you do it again this time? I'll be honest. I had a lawsuit. I just moved into this huge fucking house, bought the property next door. I, my bank account was frozen. I've said yeah. it before. 
I said to Joe, I said, you know what? Now's a good time. I said, my business needs a boost. I, you know, I was doing local TV. I was on every news station. I was on Today Show. I was on this. I was a lifestyle expert. I was like, I was so stressed. I was puffy. And I said, we, we might as well just do it. Who cares? We'll just try. I did a Zoom like this. The producers came to the house. The network came a week later. They're like, you're the yeah. new housewife. I didn't have to like be a friend of nothing. Two weeks. Yeah. It was. And then we were like, oh shit. What have we done? Within two weeks. Nothing. It was like very easy for me. I didn't have to go through like jumping hoops. You know why? Because when you're a good producer, you know within 30 seconds. It does. And, and I think that's a misconception. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long at all. Like, when you first popped on the screen, I was like, I see it. It's the pigtails. It's the personality. It's the, it's the difference of opinion. And I, listen, I'm going to say it. It's, it's not easy to come into an established territory. When you got Teresa fucking Judice and Melissa Gorga, right? You, you got to find your... It's true. No, that wasn't your, easy. It's true. It's hard it's not, to navigate It's not that. easy. You got to find your, your way. And you have to find it to where it's organically a relationship you're forming. And that's why, again, one thing I love about Jersey is real friendships. And I think you, Jackie, and Melissa have organically formed a friendship. I disagree with the audience. I don't think it's an alliance. No, I just, no. I think, and I'm also I think very you ladies close really do Dolores. enjoy each other. I talk to Dolores every oh, single yeah. day. We all spend time together. I mean, Dolores and I, she comes over the house. I oh. did it with her and her boyfriend. We, that's how I think Jersey works. We all actually spend time together. The two Joes and oh. Frank, they work together yes. all the time. They have a real- The men alone. That's and listen- That's why Jersey's good. I really- Jersey's do. great. Jersey's great. And Jersey is back. Jersey yes, is back. Jersey and... is back. And I think this season people are going to see we have some some new people. And I think mm-hmm. it's good. I also think, and I and I know sometimes they want to skew housewives younger. To be a confident woman, you have to have some life under your belt. It's not yes. always easy for a younger woman. And, I, and no insult to younger women, but you have to have some life experience. You've had to be kicked a little. Yeah. And this is the other thing. This is the other thing. I always tell people, you also have to really feel like I belong in this friend group. Yes. Not every day is a 20-something <laughs> woman hanging out with women in their 40s. It's just, it's just not realistic. No. no. And to your point, Margaret, yes, life experience, because what are we talking about? And that's why sometimes when a younger person comes on these type of shows, they have this little sister complex and it it becomes really weird and it just doesn't feel organic. I just want to ask you about Love and Marriage DC. Now, yes. did you now did you decide to do that uh, based on the success of Love and Marriage Huntsville or did Monique and Chris come to you with that idea? Did you were you like no. Monique's a great star? Because she she was good minus you know you know I'm very sensitive to hair pulls but <laughs> I'm just saying or did you were you like you know what because she was a great reality star her and Chris are a great couples so yeah. did you go to them? Yes, I went to them. The success of Love and Marriage Huntsville afforded me and the network to say let's look into franchising this yes. name Love and Marriage into a different city, and we toyed around with a few territories and. At that time, I was in communication with Chris and Monique about letting them know that, listen, if you ever want to get back into reality TV, let me know. I spoke to the network and they said, we're looking into doing a couple of cities and DC was on the list. 
And it took me a day or two to realize, wait, because you, you think of Potomac. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that. Wait, that's D.C., that's right? DC. Yeah. So it took me a few days to be like, wait, Monique and Chris are in D.C. And this could be a, a cute little comeback. How do you manage to have so many shows in work at one time? I have a great team of people who understand the Carlos King brand in terms of real reality, authentic reality, and making our stars stars. Not monsters, but stars. Because mm. there's a difference, and we don't play that game over here. Oh, I like um, that. Good. That's Yeah, fun. I'm not... No, if you're a monster, you can go to the unemployment line. So I, I really do love this, which is why I'm able to look at reality TV and reality stars with a different lens, because no one would think that because I'm closer to Teresa, that I would follow Margaret and Jackie and want to talk to Margaret. And when Margaret said, let's talk on my podcast, it was an easy no, because I don't get involved in no, that. exactly. That other, because yeah. that's not, that's not real life. And this is just something that I enjoy doing. Well, and it shines through. I mean, it shows through. Yeah. We ask everybody who comes on a few questions. I always call it the big boy panty moment or the big girl panty moment. What in your career was your big boy panty moment? You're like, holy shit, this is my sink or swim moment. I got to pull up the big boy pants. When I left Housewives franchise to start my production company. Listen, I'm going to be, I never talked about this publicly, so I'll tell you. It was scary because you are known for one thing. Yes. And this mm-hmm. one thing is a monster success. And there's a comfort level in knowing that at the end of the day, I'm good at this shit and I make a lot of money doing this yes. shit mm-hmm. and it's good. Right. But then to have the fortitude to say something's missing in my life. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Something's missing. And I remember shooting season nine of Atlanta housewives. And I just felt like I have done every single thing in my power I can do to make this show a success. I gave my entire life to that show. I, I mean, you yeah. made it the top rated for so long. I mean, that was the Thank hugest you. show. No, but that was the hugest yeah. Atlanta. I'm not giving you a Lisa Renna word salad of exaggeration, but like I literally <laughs> gave my all to that show. It was every waking moment of how can I make Atlanta Housewives stay number one? Because you you want to stay number one. And something was missing inside of me. And I was like, there's other things I want to do. So my big boy panties was like, I have to leave a situation that I'm comfortable with, move to Los Angeles, start this production company. I left a very big paycheck mm-hmm. behind in order to like blossom. And it was hard and it was difficult. I was in the negative financially. You're getting an exclusive, Margaret. Oh, I, I like this. I'm going to say that. We're getting the exclusive. Well, people don't always ask you the right questions. I want to know the yeah, real there entrepreneur you go. stuff. There you go. Because I want people to know it's not easy. Like, no. I made a very, 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 very great salary. I know. Shooting that show. And Listen, I left. you're the showrunner of the top show. You know what yeah. I mean? You're like, yeah, you're, the was, big, you're the big guy. You're the big guns. Yeah, it was a great check. And I left the great check behind. I was in the negative for the first time in my adult life. Oh, I know. That's painful. I, I, I haven't been the negative since I was like 15. And I had to figure shit out. I had to downsize. I had to like figure some shit out. But 
the beauty of all that, listeners, is I now make quadruple what I made on Atlanta Housewives because I stepped out in faith. I applied that ambition into other things and the rest is history. So my point in saying that to the listeners and to entrepreneurs and future entrepreneurs is you sometimes have to step out on faith and really fuel the fire that's inside of you that that no one else is going to understand. Someone said to me when I left Atlanta Housewives, they said, you're burning a big bridge by leaving. And I said, it's okay. I will build my own bridge. That's good. Wow. Good. I mean, listen, I hate when some people, someone says that because that's like, that's like they didn't have faith in you. I would Mm -hmm. say like, congratulations. Good for you. Exciting. You know, when anybody goes on to, you know, feed their dream and their ambition, I'm excited for them. Good for you. Yeah. So no, that was good. We credit Marge's success, especially to 50% determination and 50% delusion. What do you determine, you know, your success to? Yeah, no, listen, my success, honestly, is my faith. I am not able to proceed my day without God and my faith and my and, and, and praying about things that I, I want. So that's that's numero uno for me. And in terms of my delusion, listen, unpopular opinion, I think everyone should have a little healthy delusion. And when I say healthy delusion... Because some people, especially some re- some reality stars, yes, exactly. I agree. I agree. Unhealthy delusion. I agree. And it's like, oh, girl, you're not that big like you think you are. Yes. But I would say healthy delusion in the sense of believing that you can do any fucking thing in this world. I agree. Yes. Like you got to have that that sense of confidence that a lot of people say, "Bitch, you're delusional." Like me calling myself the king of reality TV because my fans did. It's a delusion of some sort, but but fuck that. I'm going to ride the wave of it. Of course. Exactly. So what is your most entrepreneur real advice for our listeners? It's mandatory that you figure out what it is that you want. And the way you discover it is that tingling sensation inside is not the vibrator, ladies. It's the... or some man, is the tickling sensation that you feel inside when you think about it. So I always knew it was television for me. And and I knew that it was sort of like, um, it's like a spider that has just so many webs. Your job in life and in business is to identify what that is. And I promise you 100%, you're going to make a shitload of money doing it because the moment you find your purpose in life, the moment you find it, it is your job to go after it. And that's how you become rich. You are amazing. Yeah, I, are listen so- to the tingle. You know, it's funny that it made me tingle. I know. That, like, that, that gave great- me the tingle. I love it. Well, Carlos King, thank you so much thank for coming you. on. You've had the best advice. Your career has been so interesting, so successful, so inspirational. I love chatting. I hope we could work together one day. Thank, Thank you. you. Could you just tell everybody where to find you? I mean, I know they know where to find you, but just yes, in case. So my Instagram and Twitter is at the Carlos King underscore. I have a podcast called Reality with the King and Love and Marriage Huntsville is on every Saturday at eight o'clock. The Nightcap with Carlos King. We'll see you guys in 2023. 
And the rest you'll know later. Okay, Ooh. good. Exciting. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank for coming you. out. Thanks, ladies. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm obsessed. No wonder he's called the King Reality. It's so interesting also because you sit on opposite sides of the of the of the table. You know what I mean? Like yes. when you're a reality star, aka the talent, the producers are technically your boss in that moment. Exactly. But I like the way he spoke about, like I said, it's not the edit. He doesn't like it being blamed on the edit. I don't like it being blamed on the edit either. I hate that. You know, listen, I've had some of my friends tell me, you look like the villain this year. I never think I look like a villain. I might not always be portrayed in the best light. But that's not a portrayal. Things happened. They don't show every happy moment, but they don't show every bad moment. It's not the edit. It's like, listen, if you're a douche, you're a douche. But also what I love of Carlos, that is that... He likes to create, he's the type of producer who likes to create stars, not monsters. Yes. And that's the kind of producer that I think is successful, that I like to work with. I think he's, you know, since he worked with Teresa, you know, obviously he knows how to make a star. His first Atlanta, he was the AP, Nene Leaks. I mean, come on. He has worked with like icons. He loves Kyle Richards. I agree that she is the glue to that show. Yeah, I love Kyle. I don't like the hate that she's getting. I love that he said he is... A strong, he is a strong faith and, and yeah. praying. And you know what? I think our last guest, Kim Douglas, said that also. I think, you know, we all have to look at that. And it's whatever religion you are, nine religions, your spirituality. It's whatever speaks to you to make you the best version of yourself and keep you moving every day. You and, know? and I love that. But I think he gave so many inspiring words. And I like that. Whatever gives you that tingle oh, and, I'm, and makes you have yeah. that jingle. It's funny. Get, get your tingles and your jingles out. Yes. It, it's very inspiring because it's absolutely true. You could be the most successful person in the world, but if you're not feeling that tingle, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. What I love also is is that Carlos took a risk, gave up his very lucrative job, and he was making lots and lots of money. Yeah. And he was negative in his accounts and and he was like, I don't care. This is my passion. So, you know, take risks, people, because- You have to do what makes you happy. That was a great episode. Great episode. So thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs. And me at The Life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar caviar dreamers. Dreamers.